Welcome to the Life Lessons for Entrepreneurs podcast, a common sense, no-nonsense approach to entrepreneurship, life, and personal development with a touch of humor and practical application. We think learning should be fun, informative, and transformative. Now, here's your host. Well, welcome to a very special podcast this evening. Uh, normally, we do a little different intro, but we're going to just kick this right off tonight. I'm joined by Rick and Kevin, who's normally behind the mic, but he's going to be in front of the mic tonight to share a little also. Our topic tonight is going to be uh, setbacks leading to comebacks. So without further ado, let me kick it over to Mr. Rick. All right, Brother Dave, good to see you again. And uh, Mr. Kevin, looking forward to getting you from out behind the curtain tonight. We're going to get uh, Kevin to... Uh, talk a little bit about his story, but uh, Dave, it's going to be a great night. I'm going to jump right in here. I've got uh, quite a few notes and we're going to each one take maybe 10 to 12 minutes and uh, hopefully get some really good content out here. But the purpose, as we talked about this a couple of weeks back uh, of tonight's episode is to really encourage people who may be in the setback phase uh, because every setback uh, leads to a set up that leads to a comeback. So we're going to talk about that. But those folks uh, hearing this podcast, if you're in the setback phase, we just want to encourage you to keep the faith, uh, encourage you to get closer to God, get closer to people who will encourage you. So you don't let the setback put distance between you and the people that can help you get to the comeback. Uh, That's the uh, that's kind of the, the preface there. Many years back, my wife and I went to a to a wedding, happened to be with a couple of friends who from Puerto Rico, and I'd never seen this uh, particular unity candle uh, ceremony that they did and then the way they talked about family, but it just really stuck in my brain. It's probably been 20 years ago, and uh, they took the word family and broke it down into forget about me, I love you, and it just really stuck in there. I think that's why... Uh, I want to focus on a little bit when, when you're going through a setback, you, you got to get around your family. Now it may not be blood family for some people. Uh, it's business family, church family. Uh, you know, sometimes it's people that, that are not necessarily uh, related, but you feel closer to them. So whatever you're in a setback phase, I just want to encourage you to get closer to your faith get closer to God, get closer to your family, people who are going to encourage you. You know, there's a lot of great comeback movies and a lot of great comeback stories like Rocky and, you know, Sea Biscuit and Field of Dreams and Facing the Giants. And there's, there's dozens or hundreds of great comeback movies and uh, a lot of great comeback sporting events. You know, if you watch sports, I'm not a real big sports uh, person, but a lot of great stories where the underdog becomes the, uh, you know, the champion. They overcome all kinds of obstacles, all kinds of setbacks. And of course, there's a lot of great Bible stories, a lot of great, uh, you know, uh, unlikely heroes becoming, uh, you know, uh, amazing heroes, unlikely uh, suspects, uh, whatever, uh, overcoming possible odds. And I think that that concept of a setback leading to a setup that leads to a comeback, uh, everybody loves a comeback. I mean, who, who doesn't love a great comeback story, a great comeback 
victory, but nobody loves the setback. But the fact is you can't really have a comeback unless you're behind. You can't have a comeback if you don't have a setback. Uh, and so some type of challenge, some type of obstacle uh, that you have to overcome. Now, the first person I ever remember hearing say every setback is a setup for a comeback happens to be a really, really dear friend of mine. I've known for over 30 years, maybe close to 35 or 40 years. But this uh, great friend of mine, I'm not going to mention his name. A lot of people would know him by name, but he was involved in a really bad car accident uh, on his way to doing a business presentation for me, frankly. And uh, that accident, uh, his wife was killed. She was expecting the second daughter. And uh, yeah, that was that was a really tough time. And uh, yeah, they were they were coming to do a business presentation for me. And that still kind of weighs on me at different times. I find myself thinking about that. But in spite of this setback, and, uh, and actually their first son was born with some uh, genetic uh, abnormalities, and, and he's had many other setbacks and obstacles and all kinds of challenges. But through all of that, he's continued to make the best of whatever life throws at him. So when I heard him say, you know, probably 20 years ago, every setback is a, is a setup for a comeback, I thought, man, that is, that is a mouthful right there. Uh, but the fact is, he did not get bitter. Uh, he 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 got better. I know that's kind of a cliche. Uh, he didn't. Well, I don't. He may have got bitter, but he didn't stay bitter. I mean, let me rephrase that because I don't know how you can help but not be bitter. But but he didn't stay bitter. And what I really think made the difference is, of course, his faith in God and his uh, his unconditional love of his of his family and friends. Now, again, not going to mention his name here, but uh, a lot of people know uh, who I'm talking about, and he's still with us today. He's still very active in business today, and every time I hear him speak, he makes a very uh, positive impact, not just on me, but on on the audience, and sometimes it's a a very large coliseum, Uh, and his faith and his dedication uh, to his to his faith and to his family, his dedication to his friends, uh, and frankly, his his dedication to want to make a positive difference in society, uh, yeah, that has a ripple effect, and it has now for whatever it's been, 30-plus years. And, of course, now this podcast hopefully will go on for who knows how long, and, and, uh, and so there's a ripple effect. But my, my point is saying that is simply that every comeback starts as a setback. And everybody loves a comeback, but nobody loves a setback. It's kind of like Christians. We talk about, you know, Christians, everybody wants to go to heaven, just nobody wants to die. Uh, you know, we don't want to go today. So uh, now I don't expect everyone to to understand what I'm trying to say here. I'm trying to say it kind of quickly anyway. And that's not my not my style to be brief. Brief is not my middle name. So uh but I don't expect people to understand or even agree. Uh, but it's clear to me at this stage of my life that crap happens. Uh, crap happens 
it's uh, part of life. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. That's actually in the scriptures. And uh, I, I think sometimes we don't, we, we don't process that enough to realize, okay, this is just part of life. And even though it looks like I'm losing something, if I'm going to get back more than I lost, am I really losing or am I gaining? Now that takes a lot of a lot of faith, a lot of perspective. I think of the story in Matthew 19 about the rich young ruler who didn't want to give up what he had, and he really didn't hang around for the rest of the story because Jesus said later, nobody who's ever given up what they have hasn't received it back a hundredfold, plus uh, eternal life. That's a pretty good plus. Uh, so I think sometimes we don't. We don't uh, we don't process the setback in, in the bigger scheme of things. Now, I know this is not very uh, inspirational for some people, but I don't think we're meant to have it all. At least, not all at one time, and certainly in my life, not all at the time that I would want to have it. I, I don't think we're meant to have it all. So, uh, just just. Consider that uh, this setback you know, can lead you to a comeback, and it takes a different mindset. Uh, you know, when, when we feel that uh, you know we, we 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 should have it all, somebody else has more than us. I, I think anytime we compare, uh, start looking on social media and all that stuff, I, I think that's where we get our head kind of uh, messed up. So thinking we can have it all uh, can lead us to a never, never content mindset. And uh, we feel like, you know, other people have more or got more quicker, easier, whatever, whatever. Uh, You know, if you have that kind of mindset that you're supposed to have it all, all at one time, all at your perfect timing. I think if we have that kind of mindset that there's no amount of fame or fortune that can ever really satisfy us. And again, we get focused on what we think someone else has and what they had to do. Uh, I, I just think we miss, as you say quite often, Dave, the journey. We don't, we don't enjoy the journey. Uh, sometimes we're focused too much on the setback or we're focused on somebody else's comeback and we don't factor in, well, that person had a comeback. So that means they had to have a setback. And so, uh, yeah, even if you're in the setback phase right now, uh, think about all the people, think about all the blessings, think, think about all the good things. Scripture talks about, you know, think on, think on these things, pure, lovely, just, good report, et cetera, et cetera. So, and again, I think social media can lead us to a lot of insecurities. And that's one of the reasons I really limit my time on social media. I just don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care what everybody else is doing, what they're getting. I mean, it's, it's okay for them. It's just not for me. Now I have friends and family members, as most of us do, who've had a lot of setbacks. We, we, my wife and I have had setbacks, certainly. Uh, I have friends who've lost their legs, uh, lost their sight, uh, lost their hearing, uh, all kinds of setbacks, but it never stopped them 
from living their life to the fullest based on those circumstances. And that's kind of my, my, my message I want to try to get across is whatever setback you're in, look at it as a setup for a comeback, maybe not to come back to what was normal then, but what is normal going forward. I got two quick questions. I'm going to turn it over to Dave. Uh, And I I hope you'll take some time. And I feel like I've kind of rushed through this because we do have a lot to say and we want to try to respect people's time. But uh, two two quick questions I've, I've kind of, talked about the last couple of days here with some other folks. Uh, what do you do when you don't know what to do? But when you're in a setback, you don't really see the setup. You don't see the comeback. What do you do when you don't know what to do? It's, that's, that's the question. And here's my answer. Do anything. Because anything is better than nothing. When you don't know what to do, just do something. Because when you do something, you learn something. And when you do nothing, you learn nothing. So when you don't know what to do, just do something. Right, wrong, grand, different. Don't do anything illegal or immoral, but just do something. The second question is, what do you need to do to get over yourself? Because I find in my own personal life, I am still my biggest obstacle, uh, different physical issues, challenges. What do you what do you need to do to get over yourself? And here's my answer. Quit thinking about yourself. Uh, quit thinking about your past and your present and start thinking about someone else's future. Now, that may, again, sound kind of cliche, but it's really not. The, the way you get over yourself is you stop thinking about your past or your present and you start thinking about somebody else's future. Somebody beside your, 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 your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, your spouse. You just quit thinking about your own past, your own present, and you start thinking about somebody else's future. And then be more focused on encouraging someone else. And, and frankly, uh, One of the the ways I like to encourage people is simply by recommending resources that encourage me. So I recommend books, podcasts, videos, uh, communities, uh, Zoom presentations. The, the, The way you get over yourself is to think about the person you're talking to. How can you add value and what resources can you recommend? I don't ever want to be the resource for other people. I want to recommend resources. So, Dave, I tried to pack a lot of that together. I don't know. I don't keep good track of time, as anybody who knows me knows. But uh, I hope that was worth whatever time I took. And, Dave, I know you've had some setbacks. I know you you deal with a lot of veterans who, who, who are in the middle of setbacks, and some of those are major setbacks. I know you minister to uh, vets in a psych ward a couple of weeks back, seriously, seriously injured people that have experienced things most of us can't even fully comprehend. So I know it's, I know it's uh, uh, difficult, Dave, uh, to see what other people have to endure and then meet people who are complaining about just little, like they're complaining about a pimple 
And some guy just had his arm amputated. It's like, seriously, you want me to feel sorry because you got a pimple? I, I don't think so, Jack. But anyway, Dave, I know you've uh, had some personal setbacks and you've used those to uh, as a comeback and you deal with people all the time. So, Dave, I just want to say how much I appreciate you, my friend, and, and respect you and, and uh, appreciate what you do for all the different uh, you know veterans that you deal with. And, of course, uh, for being my personal friend for many, many years. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Brother Dave, and then let you uh, do your thing and then turn it over to Kevin. We'll get him out from behind the curtain. I've asked Kevin not to use his professional DJ voice so, so he doesn't make us sound like chipmunks. So, uh, but Kevin's a, Kevin's been a friend for 20 plus years, an awesome individual. I, I know his story is going to be inspiring, but Brother Dave, over to you. All right, Rick, I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the groundwork there. Uh, and, you know, we're never really worried about the time, so don't worry about the time. <laughs> we're just ha- we're just here to do what, in my opinion, what God is leading us to do and what, what the time it takes is the time it's going to take. Uh, but this is certainly a, um, this is a topic that's very dear to my heart. It's very personal to me. Uh, I'm going to share a little about my story and, and what I've been through which I don't typically share outside of the veterans communica- uh, community, uh, mostly because it's, it's, you know, most people won't understand where I'm coming from. Uh, but I hope that, uh, that by sharing this, this will be a blessing to somebody uh, who might be in some type of a similar situation. But uh, even if you're not, just the idea of having setbacks not define who you're going to be, what your future is going to be about, the comebacks are possible, other people have come back from severe setbacks, and uh, and you can too. Uh, to better understand a little about where I'm coming from, I, I, let me just go back a little. I grew up in New York City in the Bronx, fairly tough neighborhood. Uh, I was raised that uh, asking for help was a sign of weakness. Uh, so I was instilled from a very young age that you don't ask for help. You just figure it out, get the job done, keep moving, throw dirt on it, get back in the game. Uh, and, and I compounded that by joining the Marine Corps, uh, which had a very similar thought process. There was no whining, no excuses, no asking for help, get the job done, whatever it takes, and then some. Uh, and so when I left the military, um, I, left, I did leave for medical reasons. I was medically retired. Uh, I, I had a lot of things that I was dealing with. Uh, on, on from a mental health position, not just on a physical position, which I had some issues also. But, um, you know, you're involved in things, you see things, you do some things that it's hard for you to uh, to come to grips with sometimes. Uh, but when I left the military, uh, I, I took on what I was taught. You know, don't ask for help. It's not that bad. Keep moving, throw some dirt on it and keep going. And that's what I did. Uh, I got involved in owning my own business, um, met people like Rick Fairchild, I worked hard, uh, tried to provide for my family. I didn't really allow the people around me to know what I was dealing with on the inside. And, uh, and I was able to hold it together for a good amount of time, quite frankly. Um, now, it did have some, some uh, fallout on my family. Uh, but I, I, I think that most people around me would have said, well, Dave's doing pretty good. He's, you know, it's, it, I don't see anything wrong with Dave. Uh, and then 9-11 hit. 
and for me, it just really came home and it, it uh, flooded back a lot of stuff I was dealing with. And it led me to, uh, to a really bad mental place, almost to a mental breakdown, uh, to where I walked away from my business. I walked away from uh, jobs I had, uh, gotten to a lot of uh, problems with the law <laughs> and almost lost my family, quite frankly. Uh, got to a point where um, I was doing dangerous things. I was uh, to a point where I was almost suicidal. And it, that was very tough for me. And one of the things that Rick said was, was that when, when it gets the darkest, when you're, when you're at your last thing to hold on to, you have to reach out. You have to grab onto a support system uh around you whether that's a spiritual system whether it's other people um and that wasn't easy for me but i just got to a point where my wife said to me you need help and um and like i said i don't typically share this a lot but she had me committed and that was very difficult for her uh it was it was difficult for me uh, to know that I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a danger, not just to myself, but to others around me. And, um, that was very courageous of my wife to do that. Um, my kids and my wife, you know, they would come visit me. They stood by me. Um, but it put me back on a path to rebuild the foundation that I had lost. And that led to me, uh, plugging in with the VA which I'm gonna, you know, quite frankly, it saved my life. Uh, it got me around veterans who had been going through what I had been going through. Uh, they were able to point and direct me in the right direction. So when I left the uh, hospital that my wife had me committed at, um, the next great thing that she did was that she called the VA and said I needed help. And they uh, pulled strings and they got me to leave the one facility, go straight to the VA over in uh, the West Coast of Florida, where I entered into a residential program and actually really spent the next four months uh, in that program, uh, which was very hard on my family, obviously, uh, but God got us through that. But it was through this time that a number of things started to happen. And the first thing for me that happened was, was that it reignited my desire to continue my Christian journey. Um, I was a Christian. Now, I'm, I'm only sharing my story. You can be what you're going to be. I'm only sharing where I'm coming from. Uh, but I was a Christian, but I had lost focus on what God meant to me personally, the, the healing power of God, the plan that God had for me. Um, where my strength really came from, uh, I had lost sight of that. And through this process, I was able to refocus back on my journey, my spiritual journey, and I got back into God's Word. That actually led me to really pursue that, and I actually got a Master's in Divinity, uh, became an ordained minister. Um, and as I would leave this program, um, I was given the opportunity to start preaching. Uh, not only here in the United States, but around the world. So that was certainly a great victory, a great comeback to a very desperate situation. But the other thing that it did was, was that it got me around a community of people. And that Rick had spoke to that earlier. Of, you know, you need to have the support. And 
I got with veterans who understood me from a veteran's point of view. They understood my thought process of not asking for help, not reaching out when I needed help, uh, not making excuses and just pushing forward regardless of the circumstances around me. Um, they really came alongside me. Uh, great doctors, the majority also that were veterans, certainly not take away anything from a doctor who's not a veteran. But, but for me, I needed to be around people who understood veterans, who understood where I was coming from, um, that I didn't have to shy away from. I didn't have to make excuses to. I could just be honest and open. Uh, and this community came alongside me. They strengthened me. They supported my, my wife uh, and my family while I was going through this process. And uh, to God's glory, I came out of it so much stronger. Um, I consider it to be one of the greatest comebacks in my life in, in anything that I've uh, that I've achieved. I was able to come back a better Christian. I was able to come back a better father. I was able to come back a better parent. Uh, I mean, a better husband, a better father. Um, but I was also be able to come back a better person, in my opinion. And the reason why I say that is, is that one of the statements Rick made was, was that, you know, uh, how do you get your eyes off yourself? And it forced me to say, you know what, Dave, it's not about me. It's about others. It's about now giving back to those who have given so much to me, who literally saved my life and gave me back my life. And that became such a calling on my life. Um, that that's where the majority of my ministry is today is is uh, working with veterans who are dealing with mental health issues, um, preaching, just being a friend, being a supporter, whatever it is that I need to be able to do. Um, and I try to support uh, veterans who are going through what I went through, being away from their family in these programs. I try to help them uh, in any way I can to make it easier on them and their families. And um you know, I think when I look back on it, at the beginning of it, I, I thought there was no way out. But now I look back on it and I say, this might sound a little crazy, but I'm thankful that I went through what I went through. Because it allowed God to work through me. It allowed God to work on me. And it made me the man that I believe God wanted me to be. And sometimes, you know, you have to go through some crap. Rick said it very, very eloquently. Sometimes you have to go through some crap to come out to where you really needed to be anyway. And it's not easy, but, it, but sometimes life isn't easy. One of the things I always hold on to is I walk by faith, not by sight. Um, you can look that up for yourself in the scriptures. Um, but for me, what it means is, is that if you know the end result, it's easier to enjoy the journey when the journey isn't enjoyable. And I've been able to hold on to that. And the beauty of it is, is that uh, I've gotten my life fully back. Uh, I've gotten my business back. I've gotten my family back. I've gotten my spiritual life back. And now I have something that I didn't have to start with, but I have a relationship with the veterans community that I hold near and dear to my heart. And so my encouragement to you, regardless of what your story is, uh, you know, I, I've learned that one story isn't any worse or any better than the other. It's your story. It's the thing that you're going through. 
And whatever it is that you're going through, it's the hardest thing probably that you're going to go through. Don't compare it to anybody else. Don't compare it to what others are going through. It's what you're going through. But let me encourage you that if you'll, number one, in my opinion, look where you are with your faith. Number two, reach out to people that can support you. And those people might not be your family right away. They might not even be your friends, but there are people out there who can support you, who will support you and will help you. And I believe that, you know, we, we gravitate. Rick talked about Rocky, one of my favorite movies. Uh, he talked about sports comebacks. The Yankees won three games in a row this weekend. And, you know, we love, we gravitate to those stories because we love a good comeback. And you can have that comeback in your life. You don't have to listen to somebody else's story. You don't have to hear my story. You don't have to see a movie. You can have that comeback in your life. Uh, but it will take at least the courage to reach out. Because what I found was, was that I couldn't do it on my own. I tried and I, and I worked hard at doing it on my own. And I kept it together. But sooner or later, it all comes down. You cannot do it on your own. So find those people that can help you. Uh, that's my encouragement to you, uh, whether it's a setback in business and you need to find somebody in business, whether it's a health setback, you need to find the right doctors, whether it's a mental health issue, you need to find the right counselors, whatever it is that you need to do, find those people, have the courage to do that. I can tell you from experience, it takes more courage to ask for help than it takes not to ask for help. And that's not showing strength. So I hope that that touched somebody out there. If it, even if it touches just one person, I, I think that that uh, it was worthwhile sharing that with you. Well, brother uh, Dave, I got to jump in here just for a second. I, I, I was going to have you just go ahead and introduce Kevin, but I just tell you my my uh, heart's full, my uh, heart's pounding, my head's uh, uh, about to explode. Because uh, I've known you, you know, thirty years, give or take twenty plus. I, I mean, I've known you most of most of your life, my life. And I knew you'd been through some some tough breaks. Like that's just, I mean, uh, I didn't I didn't know the uh, the intensity of the toughness. I guess so. Uh, man, my respect just went up a couple more levels, and uh, I, I, I appreciate you. And I know that story will uh, impact a lot of people. And again, it's uh, archived. Hopefully, on this uh, podcast, hopefully we hit the record button tonight. So uh, hopefully uh, that was. Uh, I know it's going to make a big difference for a lot of people. And I just, as you're telling that story, Dave, I was just thinking uh, how many people miss, they miss the return on investment because they don't make the investment. We'll do a whole podcast on that rich young ruler, Matthew 19, where he had everything literally. And uh, when Jesus told him to, to to sell it all and give to the poor and follow him, he said, no, thanks. And you know, the, if you read the scripture, it says he walked away sad. Well, apparently he knew he made the wrong decision. If he walked away sad, he, he, he knew right away. I, I, I blew that. But the next couple of verses and, and the disciples said, uh, whoa, Jesus, what's up with this? I mean, you told the guy to sell everything. I mean, what happened to ten percent? So, uh, but Jesus then said, you know, nobody who's ever given up everything hasn't gotten it back a hundred times, plus uh, inherited eternal life. But, but here's something I think we miss: the, the, the rich young ruler also missed a three-year personal internship with Jesus. 
Now, he didn't know that, obviously, but just imagine what that looks like on your resume. When somebody says, well, so what did you do the last three years? Well, we brought the dead back to life. We fed 5,000 with the Long John Silver snack pack, uh, you know, things like that. So uh, turned water into wine. But uh, So we'll do a whole episode on that. But, but Dave, what, what I really took away from your message was that, uh, you know, when, you, when you're going through, you know, the, the, the crap of life, you, you just keep going. And sometimes people closest to you, like your wife, which you also have known for 25 or 30 years, uh, it's, it's tough on them. Uh, and it's tougher on them for you not to get help. It's tough for them to, to get you the help you need, but certainly tougher if you don't get the help. So uh, uh, I just uh, have tremendous respect for you, my friend. And I know what you're doing now with the veterans. I know you, you do a lot of things with vets. And maybe you could just take a minute or two. Is this some of the things that you, because of your experiences, because of your setbacks and your comeback, how that's really influenced what you do now to help other people? How, you know, nobody wants to go through the setback, but it's now part of your comeback and part of your ministry. So just maybe a couple of minutes, just some of the things that you've been able to do, kind of practical application or practical results. Make sense? Yeah, Rick, uh, that's that's a uh, great question. Um, for me, I really uh, I developed a sense that I needed to give back because so much had been given to me, uh, and that took on a couple of different uh, forms. The first one was a, a spiritual uh, need to give back. Um, like I said, uh, I'd become an ordained minister, uh, an opportunity to uh, preach all over the world, but really brought that back home to the VA. Um, and have been able to uh, to preach um, at the VAs uh, in the area, um, have been able to minister one-on-one with the uh, vets who were seeking that out, um, but really were, was able to share my story, uh, my setback, my recovery, my comeback, to give uh, not just hope, but to give a blueprint maybe to others that were facing the same thing. And uh, that's been a tremendous blessing uh, for me. Um, That's led to also uh, me trying to help families that were dealing with a loved one going into that system. I think I mentioned that I I was in a program for about four months. That's a difficult thing to be away from your family. It's a difficult thing financially um, and uh, and emotionally. And I've been able to uh, work with vets in those areas also. And so God has uh, tremendously blessed me, and um, and hopefully I'm turning that blessing back around to those who need it. Well, Brother Dave, again, that is uh, awesome, and I know God is blessing you, and He's uh, using you in a mighty way. This this podcast you and I started a couple months back uh, was really part of uh, your vision to to pay it forward, to give back to the next generation. We've talked about this. You know, we don't we don't do this to uh, to monetize it, we don't we don't have any any uh, desire to uh, have any fame or fortune. We're not out to be the next podcast king or or guru or whatever. It's just it's a way of really capturing some of our life lessons. And frankly, when you, when you and I talked about it, it, it's a way of capturing some things. Hopefully, that our kids and grandkids will be able to benefit from. 
and other people's kids and grandkids. And sometimes when I'm doing presentations, I, I ask the audience, uh, you know, any, any of you out in the audience uh, are your parents or did, do you have parents? Uh, or did you have parents? And people go, what? So, because uh, of course you either are a parent and or you had parents. Uh, but, you know, the lessons that you've learned, Dave, they're, uh, they're certainly, I, I know they blessed me tonight. And uh, I know Kevin uh, very much so also. Now, Kevin, uh, I'm glad you're following Dave and not me. So, uh, but Kevin has had some pretty amazing setbacks in his life. Now, we're getting him from, again, out behind the curtain. Uh, Kevin has a background in professional broadcasting, so he, he knows actually how to talk to a microphone. Uh, but uh, Kevin, just take whatever time. You know, again, as, as Dave mentioned, you know, the content is more important than the clock. And you know, I, I learned a long time ago, I, I don't quit talking for people who have already quit listening. They've already quit listening. So why, why quit talking for those who have quit listening? Uh, keep talking for those who keep listening. So, Kevin, I want you to feel uh, you know, free to tell your story. And again, we're not we're not so hard pressed against a clock that you know uh, it's the content more than the clock. So, Kevin, I appreciate you, my friend, and uh, thanks for all you do behind the curtain to help Dave and myself seem like we have at least enough sense to get in and out of the rain. But, uh, Kevin. Tell us your story, if you would, my friend. Well, thank you, Rick and Dave, for inviting me to contribute to the the podcast here. And it's also been a pleasure, you know, helping produce it here for you. Um, well, let me introduce uh, myself. My name is uh, Kevin Jensen. And as Rick said, I've got a background in radio and television broadcasting, also uh, the IT industry, and also in the healthcare industry. So I've got kind of a varying background and listening to Dave's story, it just reminded me of uh, a sign that I've got hanging up at, you know, at work. It just reminds me that in every adversity, there's a seed of equal or greater benefit that will come about. And that's kind of my story here is, you know, my setbacks are definitely way different than what uh, Rick has dealt with and different than what Dave has dealt with. Um, but when Rick, when you asked me to, to, to contribute here, it just reminded me of kind of the, you know, the kind of the darkest period that, you know, happened within my life, which I'll, I'll get to. So I'm just going to kind of start with, you know, where I was in life. So when I was 15, I actually started doing some mobile DJ work, uh, just because I loved music. And I loved being able to um, just be in that environment. And that led me into the the broadcast industry. So I went to school for broadcasting, uh, graduated at the the top of my class. And I think uh, uh, was only one of three people in the class that actually got um, full time positions at uh, at a radio station. So my first radio job was in southern Minnesota. Um, so that was exciting for me, but I always had an entrepreneurial mindset. And while I was there, um, one of the program directors asked if I'd be willing to start a, you know, another D start a DJ company down there, uh, with him and another person. And 
I'm like, sure, why not? You know, and we were able to market it through through the radio station. So we, you know, created created a successful uh, small town DJ company. Um, and that was fun in addition to, to working. But then about a year later, I got hired as the assistant chief engineer uh, for one of the radio groups here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities area. Um, so when I left, I sold that business to the other two folks that I, I started with. And I have kind of felt like I was on cloud nine. You know, I was at 21 years old. I was the youngest engineer in the radio group in the country. And everything was just going great. And things just kept getting better. Because um, during that time, I was responding to an engineering emergency, and I ran into one of the linemen for the Minnesota Vikings. And I literally ran into him. And after I helped him up off the floor, he goes, man, you should play for us. Um, and I had always had a dream of, you know, wanting to play professional football. So you know, decided why not? So I started training. Uh, had you know plans to to try to walk on to see if I could make it into professional football. Uh, but about um, you know four to five months into into training, you know, I got into a position where I just wasn't feeling quite right. Went to the doctor a couple of times. They gave me an antibiotic. I felt better. Then I'd get worse. And then I went back and saw another doctor, and he's like, he goes what have your, have they done any x-rays? And I'm like, no. And he goes, let's do an x-ray here. Cause you're having some breathing challenges. And he looked at the x-rays and he goes, your lungs are filling with fluid. He goes, I need you to go get a CT scan tonight. So I went, I uh, got the CT scan. And then the next day he called me and said that they did find something on the scan and that, you know, I should get a biopsy done. Um, so I set up that appointment for the following Monday met with the surgical consultant and he goes, well, since it's in your neck area, we want to look at, he goes, I want to do it in the hospital. Uh, so they set that up for two days later, went in, had the biopsy done. And the most impactful thing that really hit me um, is when I was in recovery is the, sorry, the look on my mom's face. And I'm like, what did they find? And it told me right there that, 21 years old and I've got cancer. So that, you know, I thought my life was over at that point. Um, but the worst part with that is family and friends already um, started to treat me like I was dead. But that's when I really had to uh, dig down deep and kind of go by the motto that I used when I would play games with my friends and it was, it's not over until I win. So I was bound and determined that this wasn't going to keep me down. And this is where the um, seeds of equal or greater benefits start coming in there. So I met with the oncologist and he's like, you know, our plan is to um, do 12 months worth of chemotherapy and radiation and um, it'll probably take about six months for your lungs to clear up. And so within about a week and a half time, you know, you go from being at the top of your world down in the basement. And so the great thing that came about that is my lungs cleared up in 30 days. 
Um, I only ended up doing seven rounds of chemotherapy. So seven months worth of chemotherapy and a month of radiation. And I felt like things were moving forward. So um, during that time, I did not have a walk as a Christian. And I realized now as a Christian that if I would have had that level of relationship that I do now, things would have been a lot easier. They probably wouldn't have looked as dark, but it's still, you know, still one of those things that kind of pushes you, pushes you on the edge there. Um, coming out of that, the great thing is I met uh, Melanie. Um, we've now been married for uh, over 21 years and things really started to look up for, you know, up for me at that point. Um, we were kind of still dating at the time and had a great job working in the, the field that I loved. My brother came to me and said, Hey, let's start another DJ company. We both had worked for one. And he's like, you know, you've, you like business, let's start another company. So, uh, we took out a $10,000 loan from my dad. He gave us a loan to start the business. And, uh, so we did. And, just as things were picking up on that, we had more jobs than we could handle. We ended up, uh, you know, adding a third, second system and we had to basically farm people out other to other people. So business was great. And something happened with my job where they, they brought in a new chief engineer and he basically wanted me to go back to working what I had been doing before. And I was, I averaged about 14 hours a day, you know, six to seven days a week. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. And so here, you know, you're still kind of on that upward swing and then things start crashing again. Um, so I resigned my position and I got talking with the operations manager of the, the station and he goes, um, do you remember our, one of our former um, program directors? And he said, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you need to talk to him. So I gave him a call and we got talking a little bit and he's like, yeah, I want to hire you on the spot. So I got hired for a online broadcast company at the time and you know, very entry level stuff into, you know, the tech industry. And so things were looking great again. Um, during that time, Melody and I got married. And as a, you know, new young couples do, we were, you know, planning on buying a house and uh, starting our lives together. And then 9-11 happened, which, you know, brought doubts and fears and concerns to, to everyone at the time. Um, so, it's kind of in that gray period. And I'm sure it's a lot of people, you know, felt that their lives were in limbo. And then a month later, our executives from the parent company that uh, uh, owned our company came in and told everyone that they were shutting down our, our company. They had enough money to pay off debts and give everybody something to go home with. And so they, they felt that that would be better than, you know, everybody showing up one day and your key fobs won't work at your door. Um, but I did have to make the, the, the hardest phone call I think I've ever made in my life up to even this point was actually on our anniversary to call Melanie and say, happy anniversary. I just lost my job. Um, so that just, you know, that's started that, you know, kind of sinking again and, uh, what happened is I ended up being on unemployment uh, during that time. We ended up, things got bad enough for us that we ended up moving in with my parents. 
And we were just trying to figure out what our next steps were. And I was constantly thinking, what can I do, you know, to really control my future? Um, with that, I looked at starting an internet service provider um, business, but I didn't have a half a million dollars to 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 put that into play. My brother was mentioning, he said, let's buy, you know, this bar and restaurant that's been around for decades. It's always done great, no matter who owns it. And but I'm like, we don't have, you know, one and a half million dollars to do that. So I found that as, you know, as that challenge, it's like, what do I do? Um, I applied with my tech background with other, you know, technology companies, other companies from, you know, the IT field. And they're like, well, you're too qualified for an entry level position, but you don't have enough special specialization. So we're not going to hire you. And I ended up doing the last thing that I ever thought I would do is take a job doing retail sales. Um, but little did I know that that was going to be the next turning point. So while I was doing that, I ended up uh, meeting a gentleman uh, who asked me if I was open-minded about entrepreneurship. And I almost said no, because I thought he was, you know, somebody from the corporate office checking loyalty, but I kind of had that voice in my head saying, this is what you've been asking for. So I said, yes. And, you know, the great things that came about that is through him, he connected Melanie and I to um, a community of entrepreneurs, which has been a huge blessing in our lives. Um, since then, I've actually changed, you know, career paths totally from the technology and broadcasting field into healthcare. And we also started our own online business. Um, I've started a small event audio production company, and I've done some, uh, got some other contract stuff that I do on the side. Um, but through that community of entrepreneurs, and this is, you know, is really impact and changed our lives. Uh, Rick is through that community is where Melanie and I got to meet you and your wife. And, you know, you guys have been a huge blessing in our lives. Um, even, you know, you guys are, we consider you great friends, you're our coaches, and you're our mentors. Um, so the one thing that has really stuck with me throughout the years, and you've said this multiple times, is when I is in life, you know, you're either coming out of a storm, heading into a storm, or already in the storm. And that just rings true with my life. And I like how Dave said, no, no one's person's story is better than another. Each person goes, you know, goes, you know, on their own path, their own journey. And I just, it comes back to the, you know, one of the first things I mentioned here is you just have to remember that in life, in every adversity, there's always a seed of equal or greater benefit. And I have that on my wall at work. And the great thing is, Working with what I do now uh, in the healthcare industry, I can impact people on a level that they nobody else can impact them because of the journey that I have gone through. So, Rick, that's you know that's kind of my story in a, a quick nutshell. Uh, so hopefully it, it you know, helps somebody. Well, there's no doubt, Kevin. It it helps uh, a lot of people. Helps me. Uh, I mean, again. Uh, 
just wow. Uh, and again, I knew some of that, but didn't know all of that, of course. And, you know, you and I have been friends for 20 plus years. And, you know, when, when, uh, when, when you actually started in business with us, we actually, this, this was pre-internet. So this was, this is before, uh, or very shortly, maybe not before. I mean, the internet was certainly not even close to what it is today. So when you left the technology, uh, feel when you change into healthcare. Uh, and of course, now you're running our Zoom events and our audio stuff and these uh, podcasts. And so, you know, guys, perfect timing. What, what you mentioned there at the very end, one of the things I've, I've said and read and heard other people say, either, either you're either in the calm before the storm or you're in the calm after the storm or you're in the storm. Because uh, you know there there is a calm before the storm, there is a calm after the storm. Not much calm when you're in the storm unless you know that you're not in the storm by yourself, and that's I think where our faith comes back uh, so important. And of course, her family and, and everything else. Well, folks, I, I hope you've got uh, out of tonight's episode uh, just a portion of what I've got out of it. And I'm not going to try to recap it here. I think it's uh, it's it's as powerful as it is. I would just simply say to keep reminding yourself, as Kevin said, as Dave said, uh, when you're going through the crap of life, you just got to keep going. You, you got to if, if when, when you're going through the crap of life, you got to keep moving. Otherwise, you stop in the crap. Uh, so keep moving. You don't know what to do. Do something. Do anything. Anything is better than nothing. Uh, get over yourself, get over your past, get over your present, focus on other people. Uh, we'll do another episode, Dave and Kevin, on the, on the rich young ruler and how that fits in with the four things my mentor taught me early in my life to decide what you want, what you're willing to postpone, who you're going to follow, and then to simply get started and don't look back. Keep looking ahead. Uh, the reason you want to look ahead, there's always more ahead of you than behind you. That's why even, even General Motors figured out to make the windshield bigger than the rearview mirror. So uh, most of us don't drive looking in the rearview mirror. So why do we go through life looking back? Well, again, Dave, I know we had a couple of technical glitches here tonight. Kevin can patch all that together and nobody will know except I just told everybody. And Kevin, uh, we're going to put you back behind the curtain now because you make us sound like chipmunks. Uh, so, uh, Dave, I see you're back on the screen now. So any final thought, Dave, as we as we put a put a bow on this for tonight? No, I, uh, once again, Rick, I appreciate you so much. Um, I don't think I would have seen myself sharing all that I, that I did share, but, uh, when you came up with this idea to uh, put this one together, I really felt like God was leading us to do it. So, uh, so I jumped online and I think that, uh, the, the results speak for itself. I hope that this has been a blessing to those that have been listening to it. I hope that they got something out of it. And I hope that uh, they'll enjoy the journey, even when the journey is not enjoyable. So that's a wrap for us tonight. Once again, we uh, hope that you got something good out of this tonight. Hope that it'll help you in your journey. Good night. God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of our Life Lessons for Entrepreneurs podcast. We suggest that you follow up with the person who shared this with you. Or you can email info at fairchildteam.com for additional resources. 
That's info at fairchildteam.com. We sincerely wish you much success in your quest for life, liberty, and the pursuit of significance. Until next time, stay safe and blessings to you and your family.